This week on New Tricks, we're joined by Magnuson CEO Tom Magnuson, who tells us about his 4,000-mile road trip around the US, getting down on the ground and listening to hoteliers. He talks about how the company is rebuilding local business and encouraging hospitality to remember to be kind and help guests unwind. Hello, and welcome to another episode of New Tricks. Joining us this week, we have Catherine from Paris. How are you, Catherine from Paris? I'm very well. How are you, Emily from Bristol? We're all right. I mean, it's Wednesday, so, you know, we're balancing all up with that. Um, but we're keeping on, keeping on. So that's good. Apart from our horrendous rates, which potentially we might talk about later um, and what anyone and everyone is not doing about those. Um, but yeah, we're all right. Just back from a weekend in Valencia, which was very lovely. Everyone was all very compliant, masked up, sort of as people are doing in Europe land, I'm led to believe. Not, not so much here. That's not, that's not going to change, though, because they're going to let the bodies pile up. <laughs> uh, and joining us this week, <laughs> I don't know how I can segue from that. Tom, <laughs> not piled up. <laughs> <laughs> joining us this week, we are genuinely delighted to have Tom Magnuson, who is the CEO of Magnuson Hotels. Thomas, thank you for joining us. How are you? Absolutely fabulous new dog, ladies. It's a pleasure to be with you today. <laughs> and it's a very, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to dive straight in with the biscuits because we've, we've, we've cajoled you, we've encouraged you, motivated you, you to come on this podcast um, with the sole intention of talking about biscuits. Um, and you're, you're, a, you're a man of the world, you're well-traveled. What's your favorite biscuit and why? Well, two-part answer. One is my one is my fitness regime doesn't allow me access to morning biscuits very often. Instead, lovely kale green smoothies, which you've rid- which you've ridiculed often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if I was to dunk something in my coffee, it would either be an Oreo. <gasps> good. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the the black and white ones. Those are good, especially. If you open them up and scrape the frosting out. You don't go with the in robes then? No. No. Well, there was a Lady Gaga one I noticed recently. She gets everywhere. Yeah. I thought she was in Vegas. Onto biscuits. Incredible. I think the second biscuit is a white coconut donut from a really cheap US donut shop. That would be the best. That's my, that's my worldliness on donuts, ladies. I feel like this is somewhat cruel to, if you're on a, a green kale smoothie regime, it's almost cruel to have you kind of discuss and and draw down into the delights of baked goods. So I apologise for that in advance. I'm used to cruelty from media professionals such as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if something has no nutritional value at all, like that donut would, does it count? Does it just just negate its existence? I think if you exercise strong mind power, you can. Exactly. Exactly. So you need to talk to them chaps who walk across coals and lie on beds of nails. And and talk yourself out of calories. Just easy. Exactly. exactly. It's the next thing. Because you can, you can be hypnotized to think that you've had a stomach reduction, can't you? That's mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. I think we might be onto something here. I think so too. I think so too. It's that word. So when you watch, like they did a study, didn't they, about when you watching ballet, it happened to be ballet, but presumably, you know, oh, um, that you can, that your muscles uh, while you're watching and doing little movements, the same little tiny movements. 
So presumably if you watch enough ballet or enough wrestling or enough heptathlons, can you thicken yourself up with that? I think I don't think we're using our minds in the correct way. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's, there's more we can be doing. I think so. How's Spuddy using his mind at the moment? He's been using his mind, but he's finished chewing his, his collar, as I suspected. Ah, uh, that is a new collar. Um, and now he's eager for more violence. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes to us all on a Wednesday morning, quite frankly. I'm surprised it hadn't come earlier. Yes. Well, he'll be going to the vet later for his trip to England. Um, so hotel folk uh, who I may be meeting up next week, be prepared. We may also be meeting the Spud. And what what um, preparations do you need to do for your trip to England? So for my trip to England, as of this point, I have to buy a day two test from the good people at Dante Labs, currently being investigated by the CMA, and also the lab who bought you the 40,000 um, negative, incorrect negative tests. So that's good. Still cheapest on the market. Um, so still very much favoured by myself and my expatriate friends. Um, and so well done then. <laughs> and, uh, but I won't need to get the test uh, to get in because I am fully vaccinated. So for the first time, there will not be a French person in my local chem- uh, chemist holding my forehead against the wall and <laughs> plastic into my brain, which is their preferred method of doing that. So that's good. Uh, though it's, I wouldn't say it's not so much a shame, but that was the thing that was free for me. So really, it's <laughs> and of course the passenger locator form. You know, travel just gets better all the time. It really it? does. It's such <laughs> an experience. It's so glamorous. Somebody was saying to me the other day, you know, you you thought after we got to the stage where we were all having to have our shoes taken off and the rest of it, you thought that was the peak. Oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> I look back to those glorious days of having to shrink all of my products down to 100 milliliters and take my shoes off as a glorious time. It's Practically, practically global cruising in that in the 20s. <laughs> they were special times indeed. Yeah. Bring on the band and the cocktails and onto the captain's table. Tom, did you travel much this summer? And what, what were your sort of observations on travel and hospitality, this world that we inhabit? Yeah, uh, with much trepidation, Melissa and I got on a BA flight top of, uh, of um, July and headed to Seattle. And and Heathrow was empty. The plane was 22% full. It was one of the nicest flights we've ever had. Um, and, and, and it went great. Um, did an extreme amount of travel throughout the U.S., um, both business and leisure. Um, I think I drove 4,000 miles in my car, um, went, went through every Western state. And, um, a lot of that, a lot of that is business related. Um, and it's kind of about getting down on the ground where things are happening, you know, with, with travelers and hotels, staying in all kinds of different hotels, meeting with dozens of hotel owners. And there's just things that you can't see from an ivory tower. And, you, you know, you've got to get down and smell things and feel things and talk to people and, and see, 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 where, see where things are for hotel owners. And, uh, and and for travelers, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, spent a lot of time in the car. I think I'm done with that until for for a few months. And uh, um, but I think we went to I think I went to every western state. That's that's some feat, very impressive. When you were when you were traveling, the the, the 
length of the West. What um, and talking to hotel hotel owners, what did they tell you? The two biggest things are uncertainty and labor shortage this year. Um, uh, uncertainty, uncertainty over. You know, you always used to know your seasons, no matter what where your hotel was located. You could you always had some degree of predictability that you could operate around and navigate, and that's not the same. Um, so, what's next? Um, and and kind of a white knuckling was there for hotel owners, um, and then the labor shortage is not a labor shortage; it's a shortage of applicants. Um, it's just massive. It's just massive. Uh, and, and, and in, in restaurants, hotels, uh, retail, everywhere, and, and both in the U.S. as well as here, is, those are the two biggest things I saw. So what to do? What to do? What to do about which one? <laughs> the uncertainty we can't do anything about, um, possibly. Um, although we could come back to that. But the, the, the lack of people who have an enthusiasm for the service sector I, I think just there's two parts that I'd like to answer that is what owners can do right now. Um, and this is one thing that we've been at counseling our, our, our affiliates and our franchisees on both continents is migrate as many of your fixed labor costs over to variable. Um, you've all had these constant roles in hotels, you know, this person does this, this department and, and there's so many things you can't count on. So I, I counsel owners to migrate, migrate some of these functions out, distribution, revenue management, pricing, digital marketing, you know, your in-house corporate or local selling. These things can be effectively outsourced um, to consultants or specialists um, who will work on, uh, on, um, on, on a fee basis or a retainer basis. And then what you can do is build those costs into your room rate. Uh, so you migrate that out of your, 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 your operating costs. You look at a couple of things like the more that you can push online and the more that you can automate, if you can get 80% of your bookings from online and they're dumped direct and automated right into your PMS, well, you can reduce a lot of front desk. And we talk to our, our clients and suggest that they, rather than have a very large um, uh, number of roles, compress that to a very small SWAT team, just, just a little SWAT team of a few highly skilled um, crossover people. That's what, that's, that's what we're looking at. We were um, listening to the PwC thing this week um, with its many cheery forecasts for, for next year. And, and they were, um, I know they're accountants, but even for accountants, they were just, it felt super cautious. Um, and this is just looking at the UK. But something that came up in the conversation afterwards with um, Frank Croston, I know you're, everyone listening to this will know Frank, um, was that he too had been talking about the moving on to more of a SWAT team and going back to something that was historically true in hotels of having somebody who could do all of these things and was multi-talented um, which you don't get anymore and they didn't have a chance to to get into the why this didn't happen anymore um, obviously if you're an independent hotel then everyone 
um, who's an independent hotel will know that they have to know how to unblock the sinks and, and all the rest of it. And that's part of the sheer relentless rapture of having a hotel. But um, but I wondered afterwards whether this is something that the brands and all their centralization have made impossible for people to achieve anymore because there's no incentive to think there's no you can't incentivize your staff to make take decisions you know everyone knows that if they've stayed at a hotel and something's gone wrong you can complain to the front desk and you know nobody there is even authorized to give you a, a drink to make you feel better about what's happened or a free pudding or something because no one has any power at all you have to you know phone up Poughkeepsie or someone like that if you want to make a decision off your own back and I wondered whether that was a factor in all this that's that's absolutely a factor that we're very very concerned about for owners in the U.S. Um, and historically so what's happening in the U.S. is most of the major brands are centralizing um, all revenue management all pricing all selling now I'm advocating that but I'm advocating that for someone who's an advocate of the hotel who reports directly to the owner and, and says this revenue or this distribution plan is for this hotel in this market against these competitors. Now, what's happening in the U.S. with this centralization of power um, is all of these decisions are being absorbed by central and they're all being, being automated by robot functions. So, you know, we all talk about dynamic pricing, but the pricing is all is is literally being all automated by bots. And and what those pricing strategies are directed toward are OYO type occupancy strategies, not proper revpar strategies. So, if a if a major brand is pushing from headquarters um, a, 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 a franchisee toward a high occupancy strategy that is very detrimental to the uh, posi- the value positioning of the hotel. It 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 it, it, ex- it inflates to the extreme the the labor costs, um, and right now that makes the labor situation even worse. Um, it's like, you know, poking it with a hot stick. Um, so some functions definitely that can be, can be, can be, uh, outsourced. But the point that you make Catherine is no one there to take accountability for the customer or the friendliness or a glass of water that you've got to call central for. Um, those should those kind of things should should never be um, taken away from the hotel. Actually, they should be in this environment. There should be if you remove a lot of these functions, that allows more space for the hotel to just focus on hands-on service. And most of the service requirements aren't huge. They're just be nice to people. And, and and say, you know, take care of people. They're not huge. Yeah. Yeah. You really don't need to refer back to a book to do it, I don't think. It's interesting, isn't it? Something almost sort of fundamentally missing at the core here. We've sort of forgotten the bit, the hospitality bit of the hospitality sector. This is quite deep for a Wednesday morning. This is what happens when we record them on Wednesday and on Tuesday. <laughs> 
Well, actually, you know what? It's no different than than the points that you were making a few years ago about, um, I mean, a few moments ago about uh, the, the the transition and, and and whether travel is fun or not anymore. I mean, you know, years ago it was fun, it was exciting, it was I'm going somewhere new. Um, now, not only are are we are we all subjected to all these requirements which may or may not be necessary. I don't need to make a, a judgment on that. But the absolute the absolute excitement has just been gutted from it because you can't talk to anybody. No one will smile at you. No one will take accountability for anything. You stand at an airline counter and you're just advised to go to a kiosk or, or go back online. So that that looks to be like, what the airlines did in order to um, what they say be profitable are are some are some of the initiatives that hotel owners really need to be careful of that the hotels don't become the equivalent of the airlines. Yes, we we start we we saw this trend with the OTAs, didn't we? Where hotels allowed themselves to be commoditized mm-hmm. um, and to follow the airlines into just being a product. The difference being, of course, that you don't go on, you know, the airline is not the, the end destination. Um, and, it's, you know, the airlines should be commoditized and they were absolutely right to do what they've done. Um, but it doesn't work like that in hotels because that's where you're staying. That's not the journey. Um, so they have, yes, hotels walked into this uh, eyes wide open, I think. And in, in an environment where consumers are screaming for experiences, feels like there's a little bit of a misalignment there potentially but that's the big opportunity yeah yeah that's i like your positive positivity the, no, go for it that's the big opportunity and <laughs> I, I i see here the independents in this environment have so much more advantage right right now um you know um we've been as a, as a company we 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 were born right after 911 in the wake of 911 we went through 08 and this change is bigger, bigger than both of those. Um, and the one thing that we found um, through both of those absolute decimations was that independents have so much more advantage over the mainstream chains if they can become aware of their own strengths. They, they can operate their own way at, their, at a lower cost. They, have, they don't have... Um, the burden of, you know, 20% of GRR fees. They can renovate when they want to, how they want to accentuate their individuality. They won't get a letter um, even during pandemic that says, well, you still have to uh, stay up with your PIP requirements. And, And if a hotel wants to stay brand compliant, as a, as a mainstream mid mid scale brand, that's about 20,000 pounds per room. That's a lot of biscuits. That's a lot of biscuits to stay brand compliant. And there's, there's not, there's not enough money. There's not, there's not enough money in the environment to support that. And, and, and so they don't have those, but what they do have is they go back to what we were talking about a minute ago, accentuate your individuality, your friendliness, your cleanliness. Um, there's so many things that we advise owners on 
First is, as soon as someone comes up to the front desk, just offer them a bottle of water. Everyone's stressed out, whether they drove or they got in a taxi or they came on a plane. It's just, it's just a, it's just kind of like a reset. Ah, oh, come on, let's get you checked in. I, you know, have, would you like a bottle of water or juice or something? Just things like that. Um, now, they, when we talk about where's business going to be, where, where's the, the where's the inflow going to be? There's a lot of business out there. The wheels keep turning around of the world every day, and sometimes we just don't we don't see them. Um, we're focusing all of our efforts, and we have for the last three years on all of our hotels is really rebuilding the local business segmentation. Now, even while we know that most of the major global corporations are cutting back on travel, some 50, some 80%, those companies that are domestic and local, um, small, medium-sized enterprises, talking here in the UK, there are so many... uh, so many things, um, government suppliers, energy business, transportation sector, construction, security, public safety, medical, educational. There are so many of these essential service industries that, that quietly toil 365 days a year. And they are there to, um, and they have to stay and they have to travel. Uh, any hotel, independent, especially an independent, on their own, can reach out and build a base of fifty percent of of a domestic non leisure base. And if you have that, you've got your overhead covered, and then and then all of the ebbs and flows of the non contracted people can be yielded up. Um, so the business is there. Um, people just need to look at it in a different way. And and the last point I want to make on that is hotels will need to completely redo their, their traditional business segmentation. Um, if I'm a a leisure destination, um, I'm going to really need to think about, um, who's, who's in my market. That's, that's not leisure based. If I'm an, if I'm a city center or corporate based, um, you know, right across from, you know, I've always re- relied on, on, on bank street in that area. I might need to think about, um, who, who are my clients going to be that aren't fortune 100 companies? Um, how do I, how do I shift that? But the business is there. Um, one just needs to just kind of look under the surface. Thank you. That's, um, yeah. Thank you for turning our Wednesday pe- morning pessimism into <laughs> optimism and practical advice. Much appreciated. Um, just before we wrap up and ask you um, the same questions that we ask all of our guests, I would like to talk to you about loyalty um, because that is very much a thing these days and linked to what you were just saying about business travel. So in the in the good old days, I use the word good with a question mark, um, business travelers, loyalty, stacks of cards, splosh them about, everyone was happy. That is all in not happening anymore. Um, so loyalty has been completely redefined. Um, but I wondered what, um, what your take on it is. And, you know, from talking to your hotel owners, as you mentioned, you, you know, you've got hotel owners in the UK and the US, 
what what how they're approaching loyalty and what their te- what their customers are telling them about how they have redefined or revalued loyalty well the traditional loyalty plan programs like those of Marriott Hilton the big brands they really in our in our in our viewpoint they really weren't about loyalty they were they were you know they were value streams that amounted to 30% of their franchise revenues and that's a real high cost for owners to pay for a direct reservation you end up end up paying 40% of your of your room rate so i don't i don't see those working much i i've seen them they're going to change um because they're built on corporate travelers and and i don't know how long owners are going to want to sustain that cost but as far as travelers um we're seeing that travelers where the loyalty is going to go is two things those those properties that just focus on the basics number one i keep harping on this but friendliness kindness personalization and not personalization from a technology perspective just 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 the basics um that will drive loyalty you've got to have the product to to even build on that on top of that the biggest thing we see happening in loyalty on a mass level is those platforms that have the, the simplest the simplest way to give customers what they want are going to succeed i love booking.com it's a very simple way to find what i want and get in and get out boom um and about what we're doing from from magnuson hotels is um we've just upgraded our star program and and now it's just a simple value proposition of if you want to join the club and all you have to do is sign up at no cost um you can have a, a, an unpublished rate uh lower than lower than online um any property 20 uh, uh any property any day no restrictions um no membership fee and no cost to the owner so you know we're just focusing on streamlining and simplicity giving people a kindness discount everywhere every day um and i guess where loyalty's going is it's just simplicity and 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 lack of complexity well i'll sign up for that <laughs> at this stage i think that's a great idea i can sign you up for that thank you some simplicity <laughs> let's do it um that's okay. a direct, that's a direct booking <laughs> sold we are sold um Catherine, have you got any any kind of final thoughts from you before we plow into our questions for tom no plow away i my final thought is that i'm relieved after half an hour of the dog going around the place exhausted himself for all those who are fans of background noise <laughs> we all know who's really and in charge here don't we behind me but never mind <laughs> exhausted spuddy takes a rest um okay tom so to wrap this up then uh we're going to ask you the the questions that we ask all of our guests starting with uh when the shutters went up and i had the jabs in my arm the first thing i did was oh we went out to dinner somewhere Woohoo! that you didn't make and you didn't have to put in the dishwasher afterwards exactly glorious glorious what what can you remember what cuisine 
I just think it was in my neighborhood. It was just so nice. Just went to the pub, you know, and yeah. and just the just the most wonderful basic things of went to our neighborhood pub and went to dinner around the corner. And that was better than going anywhere in the whole world. The best thing about the hotel sector is I think the best thing is that you you could start over every single day. Every day you've got a new set of inventory, new set of customers. Um you don't have um, backlogs of inventory built up like like um, factories. Um, and, and you just get an, if you're optimistic, the good thing is is you get a new game every day. It's like it's it it's like a football season with a new game every day. That's a very nice way of looking at it. Fresh perspective. The hotel sector would be significantly improved if women were in charge. Very good. Or dogs. Oh, or both. Dog. Yeah. I think we could we could make that happen. When Spuds wakes up, maybe suggest it to him. <laughs> what the industry needs now is. I think this goes back to just remember why we're here. Is is remember that all these tools of brands or chains or automation or technology are here to serve us. And, to, and, and we're here to take care of people and they need to take care of hotel owners in a fair, kind, transparent way. So hotel owners, cause just do the job of taking care of people. It's the oldest industry in the world, isn't it? Yeah. And finally, and this, I caveat this, that it is a question, not a statement. I'd like to think we've learned from this dot, dot, dot. From what? Pandemic. Well, I don't think we will. Don't you? No. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a very positive person, but I, I've been through cycles before where people all discover themselves and become, begin all kinds of new programs of self-improvement and actualization. But it just goes back to chaos after that. And people, I think people have short-term memories. I, I'm hoping that people will learn a lot from it. Um, you know, we talk a lot about how I go back and I think about my grandparents or my parents, and they always referenced the Great Depression. Um, it was a reference point for so many things in their life. Um, um, if there's one thing that we can learn from that is maybe this will continue to be a reference point for, for, for everyone of, Hey, let's just take it a little easier here. Uh, we're all in this together and, you know, just quit stressing so much. Uh, <laughs> I think that would be, if that would be the, a, a very valuable lesson we could all. I'd hope so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, Tom. Enormous thanks, actually, for your um, for your insight and your optimism. I feel that we've all cheered ourselves up on a Wednesday morning. Many thanks for the. Um, I, sus- I suspect it was the green kale smoothie that was the source <laughs> of your of your motivation. Oh. Um, not the not the white coconut donut. But thank <laughs> you so much, um, and thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Spuddy, for 
Thank you. Invaluable contributions. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Please share, subscribe, do all those fun things. Sign up to our newsletter, which sounds like a bit too much, New Dog, but you can take it in small chunks with a biscuit. Yeah, and reading. They're not, it's not yeah. the same. So exactly. Media. Different sensory uh, enjoyment. Buy them all. <laughs> um, right. That concludes our lesson for today. Thank you, everybody. And we will please join us again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.